dust and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Is there a little fall fix-up going on in your Money Pit? We'd like to help. We can't pick up the paintbrush, but we can help you if you pick up the phone and call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT. Coming up this hour, if you haven't done it yet, you no doubt will be in the next few weeks. What are we talking about? Well, turning on your heating system, of course, uh, except for those of you in uh, states like Florida and Hawaii who are snickering right now. (laughs) Please keep that to yourself. Well, you know, before you do turn on that system, it's a good time to make sure you have a fire extinguisher on hand because heating season is also fire season. But how do you know if you have the right kind of extinguisher? Do you know there's an alphabet soup code that's on the outside of those extinguishers? And if you don't understand it, you'll end up with the wrong one and it won't work in an emergency. We're going to help you sort it out in just a bit. And also ahead, with the weather getting cooler, everybody's thinking about energy. And electric water heaters, they certainly eat up a lot of energy. So this hour, we're going to share tips on a simple device that can stop wasting all of the energy and your energy dollars, by the way. And if you are redecorating a kid's room on a budget, we've got some great ideas to help you reduce, reuse, and recycle furniture and keep you safe at the same time. And going on right now at MoneyPit.com, we've got your chance to win $5,000 towards your next home improvement project, or really anything you want to spend it on, (laughs) truly. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to prove home improvement to get the prize. Not at all. All you got to do to win that great grand prize is go to My Home, My Money Pit and play our fantastic adventure game and sweepstakes. Yeah, and all you need to do is answer a few easy, true or false home improvement questions, and if you get them right, you'll be qualified to enter to win the cash or one of over 200 hundred other prizes. Now, if you get online and don't know the answer, well, call us. We can help because that's what we do. <laughs> 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Bob in New Jersey, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Hi, uh, I had a question about uh, removing uh, some kind of glue that's underneath the floor in the basement. I had a water problem, and when I tore up the plywood floor that they had down they had furring strips on the floor glued to the floor and nailed to the floor and i'm having a problem uh getting the glue off Mm. i could scrape it somewhat but uh i'm not totally getting it off i just want to know if you have some kind of uh solvent or something and the second part is what i can put down on the floor after i get it cleaned up so you had plywood you had furring strips and then plywood on top of the floor on top of the concrete floor man that's a that's a mold problem waiting to happen right there Mm mm-hmm Yeah, you know, I have not found any kind of miracle product that will melt glue away. Generally, it's a real hard job of using a cold chisel to chip it off and frequently sharpening it so you get it as smooth as you can. Um, But what I would suggest you think about doing is using a floating floor. Like a laminate. Yeah, like a laminate. Or if you really want wood, it'd have to be engineered hardwood. But a laminate would work really well here because you'd put an underlayment down, which is very soft and a bit spongy. So it'll sort of even itself out over these chunks of adhesive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. As long as you can get it reasonably flat and you put the laminate, uh, the laminate underlayment down first, you'll find that you'll be able to put the laminate floor then right down on top of the underlayment and that unevenness will just disappear because the floor locks together and becomes sort of one continuous plane, Bob, and you won't have to worry about it after that. Taking a call from South Carolina where Janice has a question about plumbing. Janice, how can we help? Hi. Um, we're expanding our house and it seems like all the contractors that are coming in, um, adding on to the the new bathroom and an area like a wet bar, they want to put in this plastic tubing. 
um, with these rings around it and um, instead of using copper. And I'm, I'm wondering, I, and I've looked at a lot of different houses, and even the new builders are starting to put this, it's like a, a plastic tube. Is yeah, it it's called, called PEX? It, it's called PEX. It's okay. Stand, yeah, it's PEX, which is short for cross-link polyethylene. And it's a very, very good piping system that's really making the rounds now throughout new construction and remodeling. It's, it's easy much, to join together. Yeah. It's flexible. It installs far easier. If you ever need to make a repair in an awkward space, it sort of helps to do that without having a lot of renovation involved. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, and the rings that uh, you know hold it on to where the pipe is connected to, I mean, those will last for yeah you know there were some problems with different types of plastic plumbing over the years but pex doesn't seem to have any of those issues and uh there's a lot of really qualified people that are looking into it and recommending it and writing about it we did an interview with the editor for example of fine home building magazine and those guys are tough i mean they don't give their recommendations very easily and they were raving about the stuff so i wouldn't have any concerns about using it it's a lot easier to use than copper it's going to last indefinitely. You don't have to worry about acidic water causing holes in the copper pipes. A whole bunch of plumbing issues are eliminated by the use of PEX. Great. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Janice. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Give us a call with your fall fix-up question. We can help you get your energy dollars in your pocket where they belong and tighten up your house to keep you nice and toasty this winter season. Give us a call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Up next, not all fire extinguishers are created equally. You need to know which one to use. And if you don't, it's just not going to work. We'll help you sort it out next. You live in a Money Pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT because one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a $200 prize pack from the fine folks at DAP, which basically includes everything you need to winterize your home, like this product, Seal & Peel, which I love because it's removable weather stripping. You can basically caulk your windows shut in the winter, seal out the drafts, and peel it off in the spring. The number again is 1-888-MONEYPIT. I have to tell you, I turned everyone in my mom's apartment building in Manhattan on to that seal and peel caulk because their windows are super duper drafty. And as long as they leave one undone, they're fine as far as escaping goes. If they ever needed to, God forbid. But they are all addicted to it. So DAP, you owe us one. Um, but seriously, with the winter season arriving, you're really going to be using your fireplace more, getting your heating systems going. And this is the time of year that more residential fires occur. It's the heating months. And if you don't have a fire extinguisher in your home, it is definitely a worthwhile investment regardless of how much it costs and get more than one but you have to make sure that you get the right type of extinguisher for different types of fires because a fire extinguisher that breaks out in your kitchen might be different than the one you would need for a fire in your living room exactly so to know which type to buy you need to look for the letters indicating the type of fire they can put out here's how you sort it out a is for wood or cloth b is for flammable liquids and c is for electrical fires now if you want to cover it all simply 
purchase a multi-purpose extinguisher rated A, B, C, then just make sure you go over the instructions for use and keep it handy. Yeah, and get more than one. We keep one by our fireplace, and we keep one in the kitchen, and I keep one in my workshop. It is a safe investment, so spend your money wisely. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? William in New York needs some help with soundproofing. Tell us what's going on. Hi. I have a house that used to be on a very quiet street, but now I get a great deal of traffic noise. I replaced the original house window. I had a storm window. And I understand there's a type of window that does absorb the noise. It helped a little bit, but I'm just wondering if there's anything else that I can do to keep out as much of the traffic noise as possible. William, you know, there's a, a new class of drywall out there that's designed to be very, very silent. It's sound engineered, so it suppresses the sounds that you may be hearing from the street. And I think in the future, you're going to find more and more homes, especially those in busy areas or homes that have specific needs, like home uh, studios and um, media rooms and places like that, that use this product. It's called Suppress, and it's sound engineered drywall. It basically goes up much the same regular drywall would, but yes. it's engineered to reduce sound dramatically. Mm -hmm. It's very, very effective stuff. And it comes in different thicknesses, and the half-inch thickness is the one that you would use to sort of upgrade your apartment, so you don't you can sort of sheathe over your existing drywall. The website is uh, suppressproducts.com, S-U-P-R-E-S-S, products.com, or there's a telephone number where you can get some additional information, and that is 800-456-4061. All right. That's All right. good. All Thank right, you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Leo in Florida has a question about carpeting. What can we do for you? Yes, the other day I heard you had a program on, and it was about a guy that wanted to put blue down carpet in a dry basement, and y'all just uh, told him that that was not a good idea and all because of the uh, algae, algae or fungus or something. And I was wondering, couldn't you put a algicide or a fungicide in the paint and then paint the floor? and then possibly throw some powder down, too, before you glue the carpet down? You can, uh, and that might work for a little while, but the bottom line is that you know mold is a very, very common occurrence in basements because they're below-grade spaces, and why would you want to lay mold food down on top of In a moisture-ridden moist space. Yeah, exactly. So we don't like putting carpets in basements. There are a lot of fine flooring products out there that are much better choices than carpet. Now, if you want to have carpet, use an area rug on top of something like a laminate floor or right, an right. engineered hardwood floor. Or use an tile. area rug that can be taken out and cleaned occasionally, but don't put in wall-to-wall -wall carpet on top of a jute ba you know, backing. Just a bad idea. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Leo. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. And that was not what Leo wanted to hear. <laughs> Sorry, Leo. Carpet and basement, bad idea. Time to talk to Nancy in Delaware about sewer flies. What's going on? Oh, hi. Uh, well, we have had sewer flies in the basement, and they're coming up into the kitchen in the bathroom. And this house is about 90 years old. And last summer we had them bad, and we tried the bleach and the pine saw mm -hmm. and... Uh, we thought we had it licked. We even covered the drain in the ba in the basement. And this, when you covered the drain in the basement, you mean with tape, so you know that they were coming from that drain itself? Now we got a regular stopper. Okay. <laughs> but, it, but now they're back. 
Well, Nancy, the reason why you end up with sewer flies is because they love organic debris. They like to eat it. They like to find it. That's in all of the drains and anywhere in the home. And that's what they feed off of. And then they come up into your house. And you know that they're sewer flies because when you crush them, not that you're hurting them or you're killing them. We're trying to be friendly. But when you do squish them, they turn to dust. You end up with this like powder-like residue. That's how you identify them as the sewer flies. And what you really need to do, Nancy, is find out exactly where they're coming from. So what you can do is you can take some tape and put the tape over the drains that you suspect that they're coming from and let it sit for, you know, a day or so and then pull it off and you know exactly where they're coming from because you'll see them on the backside of the tape. And then the reason that you're not getting, you know, you're not having success in getting rid of them is because you need to use one of these sort of biochemical products that are meant to get rid of that organic debris. The bleach isn't going to do it. You need something that's made to um, go into the drain and get rid of all of that debris that sits in there that they eat. Okay. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now we're going to talk to Liz in Colorado that's dealing with a venting issue. Tell us about the problem. We have... um a microwave with one of those uh, charcoal vents. Mm-hmm, built right yes. into it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and <clears throat> what we'd like to do is get an exterior exhaust. Okay, that's a much better option. Yes. Uh, the problem is it's, it sits about 30 inches above the microwave, which I understand is that's the right level. Uh, so we're probably going to need a, a different kind of microwave or just a, a main exhaust. But from that level, that 30 inches, uh, you still have about four feet up. And then we would have to make a six-foot bend to get to the outside because it's Okay, a- so this is on an interior wall, essentially, and you need to figure out how to duct it through the structure to the outside, correct? Exactly. Okay, not a problem. You can do this, but you have to do it with metal ducts. You can't do it. You can't do it with plastic ducts. It's it's uh, very very dangerous. You have to have these ducts made. Probably the best person to do that would be a heating contractor because they make duct work up all the time. They can make it in various sizes, and you want it to basically you know go right from the exhaust port of the microwave. Uh, up through the house and out. You want to curve it so it's not right angles. It'll be nice and smooth. And then you terminate on the outside wall. So it's definitely doable, but I would do it with solid metal ducting. Morton, New Jersey needs some help with a flooring situation. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I'm sanding an old uh, oak floor, and I've collected all the sawdust, and I want to mix it with something uh, to fill the cracks. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you recommend mixing it with? Hmm. Well, why do you want to put the, the same sawdust back in there? You might be better off with a good quality crack filler because if you mix it with, you know, often at times I, when I was doing woodworking projects, I would mix the glue, mix a little bit of uh, yellow glue in with sawdust and put it in there, but that's not going to stain the same as the rest of the floor. Yeah, and it's also really hard to work with glue. Right, tried exactly, that. I, I, exactly. I would use a regular wood filler with that. I wouldn't necessarily put the wood sawdust back in there. I mean, if you use a, a good, like a Minwax wood filler or something of that nature, or Elmer's has a really good one that dries very quickly, you can press some sawdust into the top of that and affect the color, but at least it will it'll be easy to sand and it will stain properly and finish properly. 
Okay, thanks, Tom. Thanks a lot. All right, Mort, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Sometimes you're better off not, you know, creating your own product where one exists that does a fine job. And the only thing I've ever heard of mixing the sawdust with is like a white glue or a wood glue. Yeah. Which is then also going to take the stain in an odd way. Your best bet is just a stainable putty. Yeah, little cracks and railings and things like that, but not for a floor. That's probably not the best use of that technique. Bob in Tennessee has some questions about energy efficiency. What can we help you with? Uh, yes, uh, my wife and I are going to uh, scale down. The kids have left the nest now. And, All right. Um, yeah, <laughs> Freedom. <right. Woo. laughs> Got grandkids coming, though. But um, yeah, I, I've been trying to figure out where I can find information um, to build an energy-efficient home for our area because, you know, in the future, uh, I feel like energy is going to be our biggest cost in a home. And uh, we just want to, you know, be comfortable as we grow older and and, uh, have a good warm home. Well, Bob, it's a big question, and the best way to narrow it down is probably to start with a really good website, and that is the Energy Star mm-hmm. website, energystar.gov. And you can find out what it takes to build an Energy Star rated home there. There are programs that will help you or the builders in your area do just that. And it in breaks terms- it down region by region, so you really understand what is a beneficial build in your area over another area, so you're not doing something that's not going to help you where you live in Tennessee. I'll also right. recommend a specific type of building technology called insulated concrete forms, or ICFs. Basically, instead of using a wood frame wall what these walls are they're stacked up uh, hollow foam blocks they kind of look like big lego blocks Mm -hmm. and the walls are Mm -hmm. stacked up and then the inside of it is there's poured concrete concrete. and rebar put inside of it and when the home is done it uses two-thirds the amount of energy of a standard home and it's also very quiet and completely storm resistant i really like that technology and it doesn't have to look like a concrete house it can look wood-sided or whatever way you want it to look well i appreciate it i'll check it out thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. We've got some fun advice for you, especially if you are a dumpster diver and love to save some cash and the planet. If you're looking at furnishings, you really want to be careful about which vintage pieces you choose for your kids' room. We'll tell you why next. The Money Pit is brought to you by Ream Water Heaters. For dependable, energy-efficient tank and tankless water heaters, you can trust Ream. Learn more at SmarterHotWater.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you know, here at the Money Pit, we get a lot of calls about hard water, mineral deposits on glasses, soap not sudsing up as good as you want it to be, and then not coming off your hands as good as you want it to also. Well, if hard water is causing you hard work around your house, how would you like to win a $1,200 softener to solve it once and for all? Well, 
you can win that and learn about our brand new book, My Home, My Money Pit, by going to moneypit.com and playing the home improvement adventure game and sweepstakes, and it's sponsored by our friends at Renai. There are over 200 other prizes like water softeners from Easy Water, big beautiful storage sheds from Lifetime Products, and wall-hanging hardware from Monkey Hook, plus a grand prize of 5000 bucks. So have some fun and test your home improvement knowledge at moneypit.com. You can play every day this game at moneypit.com. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones. Who's next? Nancy in Colorado needs some help with carpeting. What can we do for you? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, we have an outdoor carpet on a patio. Our home is uh, was built in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it was popular back then, wasn't it, Nancy? <laughs> I think maybe so. Not such a good idea today, though. No, I haven't even told my husband until I made the phone call that I was <laughs> even thinking about wanting okay. to do it. Now the idea is out, how can we help? Well, do you have suggestions on how to take it off the the concrete? Well, the carpet that? comes off easy. It's the glue that doesn't come off so <laughs> and easy. And the remnants <laughs> of the carpet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what you're probably going to end up doing here is taking the carpet off, getting a, scraping as much glue as possible off of that old slab. And then I would use an epoxy paint. And you can do a really good job painting a slab and have it look very, very attractive today. And that will kind of hide all of these sins. And in fact, there are some cool techniques where you can sort of paint the appearance of carpet. Or even on, tile. Yeah, or tile on, on slabs and have it look really attractive. Okay, yeah. Well, aren't, there, I, um, aren't there like stencils for that, Leslie? Well, there are oversized stencils. I think the website's concreteresources.com, and there's large stencils that you can get for an entire you know concrete patio that will help you. But you can mm-hmm. lay out a tile pattern with tape, and you can use the grayness of the concrete, or even you can paint a gray base coat, let that dry, to create a grout line. And then you can create a beautiful terracotta look tile. Oh, I mean, there are great. ways to do it as long as you get proper concrete paint and prep the surface properly, you can really make something very, very attractive. Okay. Well, thanks for your encouragement. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Heading over to Texas to chat with Levi about a deck project. What's going on? Yeah. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I was uh, calling because uh, I have a a wooden deck, of course, and a wooden fence, and and it was never sealed or uh, stained or anything like that. And so now what I have is a couple years uh, weathered old gray wood look, and I'm wondering how do I how do I uh, bring that back, re- refinish it to? How old is this that we're talking about? How many years has it been sitting there? I really couldn't say. I bought the house, and and none of it was uh, sealed or stained when I bought the house, and I, I I've lived here for two years. So you like the sort of the fresh, pressure treated green look? Is that what you're looking to get back, Levi? Yeah, I'm. I'm just looking to, uh, uh, you know, uh, I know, I know, I can uh, sand it down and you know get back down to the the yeah, fresh but you know wood. What? L- and listen, if you do that, it's it's not going to last for long. You're, you're talking about oxidation on the surface of the wood. And what we would recommend um, is that you apply a stain to that wood. You can either go with a semi-transparent, which will show more grain, or a solid color, and then 
choose the choose the color of stain that you really like. I mean, if you want a green color, fine. If you want it to be gray or brown or or uh, you know deep red mahogany, you can choose that color, and that's going to protect it, and the color will stay that way for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. If you want to give it a shot before you go ahead and apply, you know, a solid stain or a semi-transparent, if you want to see if you can sort of get the gray out of the weathered wood. I mean, I don't know if this will work on something that's been weathered five years or more flood makes a product called the wood cleaner premium wood cleaner and brightener and i believe you roll it on and you let it sit on there and then you rinse it off but it does a great job of sort of getting that gray out and i know it works fantastic on wood that's aged a year or two years so it's worth it to give it a shot you know it's one product that you invest in give it a whirl and see and if it works, then you want to go ahead and put, you know, some sort of sealant on there, a natural looking stain, something just to protect it from UV, mold, moisture, everything. If it does not work for you, go for the semi-transparent or the solid, depending on how you want it to look. I mean, you can pick a color that's, you know, as natural as you like, and that'll be the best way to make it look as good as it can be. Okay, thanks a lot. I'll, uh, I'll give it a shot. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Hey, Tom. Yes? I got a great tip for you, especially if you're thinking about decorating one of your kids' room. And okay. all of you out there, if you're thinking about working on a kid's room or a baby's room, but you're short on cash, as we all are, but you want cute pieces of furnishing, it's a smart idea to go to vintage stores or tag sales and pick up a good used piece. But you want to make sure that you keep in mind a few tips when you're shopping or even dumpster diving behind your favorite design store. You don't want to get anything that's old or has chipping paint on it, especially if you think it might be lead-based paint, it's super dangerous for kids. And you also want to make sure that you stay away from furniture with out-of-date latches and hardware, you know, like chests or even cribs, especially cribs and high chairs. Yeah, good point. You know, you can check out the Consumer Product Safety Commission website at cpsc.gov for a list of recalled items. But don't be afraid to salvage those old pieces. You will save money and the planet at the same time. 888-666-3974 is the number you need to know to save yourself some home improvement headaches. Up next, would you like to know how to save half the cost of running your electric water heater? We're going to give you that answer right after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. The Money Pit is being brought to you by Guardian Home Standby Generators, America's choice in power outage protection. Learn more at guardiangenerators.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Scretti. And it is fall fix-up time. And you should be thinking about sealing up your home for the winter and saving those energy dollars and keeping you nice and toasty. Well, if you're working on that, pick up the phone and give us a call at one 888 Pit because we have a great prize for you. We've got up for grabs a $200 prize pack from our fine friends over at DEP. You're going to get all the weather stripping and caulk you need for your entire house and then some maybe even your neighbors get the good neighbor award of the year quick before 2008 runs out one caller who gets in on the air with their question could win this great prize from dap the number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT 888-666-3974 you know another way to save energy control your hot water heater you know electric water heaters are the most expensive way to produce hot water but if you add a simple 240 volt timer so it only heats water when you need it like early in the morning the rest of the day the timer will turn the heat 
heater off, and that will save you a lot of energy dollars. Do you have some other areas of your house that are costing you big energy dollars? Let's talk about it. 888-MONEY-PIT. Leslie, who's next? Going down to the basement with Stacy in New Jersey. How can we help? I'm wondering if there's an alternative to running a dehumidifier all the time. Is there something that we can have installed that will vent to the outside? It's a finished basement. It just smells of uh, mildew all the time. Sure. How is your house heated and cooled, Stacy? Do you have a, a forced air system? Yes, we have central air and heat. And what about the basement? Is that covered by the central air yeah. system? All right. Mm-hmm. Well, this is good then. What you can do is you can install what's called a whole house or a whole home dehumidifier. It actually gets installed into the HVAC system, and it runs 24-7 to maintain the proper humidity, not only in the basement, but throughout, throughout the entire the house. house. Mm-hmm. And it even, Stacy, will kick on more often within the basement zone where you end up with the most moisture. And I think in tests, it removed 90 pints of water a day. One of the products, um, one of the whole home dehumidifiers from a company called April Air. April Air? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, AprilAir.com. Now, the other thing that you can do, Stacy, is to take some steps to reduce that humidity by looking outside your house and making sure your gutters are clean and free-flowing and that the grating around the house slopes away from the walls because typically basements get really humid because they have poor drainage conditions around the outside that allows the water to sort of saturate the foundation and then that water evaporates into the basement. So it's really a two-step process. Outside, you can improve the grating and drainage, so you try to keep it as dry as possible. And then inside, add a whole home dehumidifier, and you'll find that the home gets real dry and real comfortable very quickly. Oh, perfect. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Stacy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now we're going to talk to Chuck in Indiana about a basement problem. What's going on? Uh, yes. Um, I have a, Our home is fairly new. It's only about seven years old. But uh, in the back, what we call the back room, the storage room area, um, it's just concrete wall and concrete floor, but uh, we have furniture back there, and it seems to have, I guess it's mold, what I call, that forms at the bottom of the furniture legs, and we have central air, we have a dehumidifier back there, and the basement is actually dry all through, and I don't understand why I still get this mold that seems to be on the legs. Because I have the furniture sitting on pieces of carpet also. (laughs) Well, see, now therein lies your problem. You oh, don't that's want to put, the problem? Yeah, you don't want to put the furniture on top of the carpet because the carpet is mold food. You're probably encouraging the mold by doing just that. See, what happens with the carpet is, first of all, generally it has a, a, an organic back, like a jute back. Secondly, uh-huh. it, it traps a lot of dirt and dust and skin cells mm-hmm. and other things that mold can feed on. it sucks up the moisture. And it sucks up the moisture. So with all that going against you, you're probably feeding the mold problem. So I would get rid of that carpet. Now, Chuck, would, is it just carpet pieces, or do you have the whole floor carpeted? No, it's just pieces of carpet because it's a concrete floor, and I thought probably the moisture from the concrete floor would be causing that on the furniture. Well, the moisture from the concrete floor is getting sucked into the carpet, and, and that's giving there. you a, a nice moisture source from which the mold to grow. So I would get rid of the carpet. You know, if you want to put some uh, wood blocks or concrete blocks or something, they have, make sure you have a little air on the furniture. Get furniture blocks that, you know, even like those glide and slide pieces, get those little furniture bottoms. Some of them are rubber, some of them are plastic. This way you get something that matches the leg of the piece of furniture that you have, and it's inorganic, so you're not going to transfer the moisture and then cause mold to grow. Now, is the furniture wood? 
or what is it? Uh, that's yes. Okay, so you're going to want to treat that mold that's on it right now. And uh, to do that, you could simply uh, mix up a bleach and water solution of about one part bleach and about four parts water. Spray it on there, let it sit just for a little while, and then wipe it clean so you get rid of anything that's growing on there right now. All right, thank you very much. You're welcome, Chuck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, and here's a great idea for you, an exhaust fan in your bathroom. You know, they are super efficient, but only if you've got that fan venting to the outside. If you don't, all that moist air is just going to be trapped in your attic, and then you've got problems. We're going to help someone with that exact situation next. You're You're listening listening to Extreme Extreme How-To Radio. Money Pit! The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatru, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Choose the brand more building professionals prefer and add up to $24,000 to the perceived value of your home. For more information, visit Thermatru.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Are you thinking about greening up your heating system? Want to save some money this heating season? Have you considered hydronic heating, you know, hot water heating? If you have, you need to check out my new AOL column, Hot Water Heating. Is it worth the switch? You can read it online right now at moneypit.aol.com. And if you've got some general heating questions or energy efficiency questions or even making your house energy efficient for the fall, head over to moneypit.com, type in anything in our search box, and you can find articles that we've written and segments from the show that you can listen to and get all of those answers that you want. And if for some miraculous reason you can't find your answer there and you need to have your question answered immediately, you can email us by clicking on the Ask Tom and Leslie icon. We get lots of questions and we're going to jump into the email bag right now. And we've got one here from Ben in Burlington, Connecticut, who writes, our house has two bathrooms, one with an exhaust fan and one without an exhaust fan. I went up into the attic to see if I could add an exhaust fan to the other bathroom and I know Notice that the existing fan is venting into the attic. I'd like to have both bathroom vents to the outside through the roof. My question is whether or not it's okay to run both fan ducts through the same roof vent. At least he knows there's a problem with it venting into the attic. You know, I think it's probably okay, but you might want to go with a slightly larger vent. Typically, when you run two ducts together, the uh, duct that it goes into is stepped up from there. So if you try to take like four, two four-inch round exhaust ducts and put it into a one four-inch tube, that could be a problem. But if you stepped it up to like an eight-inch duct and then fit that outside, that might be okay. So I think you just need to make sure it's big enough so you don't get any kind of back pressure on that ventilation system. Okie dokes. Janet in LaPorte, Colorado writes, I live on the bottom floor of a fourplex. Under my apartment is a large crawl space, basically an unfinished basement. I want to insulate the floor because I freeze in the Colorado winter. My apartment stays cool in the summer, which is great. If the floor is insulated, will I lose that summer coolness? I'm assuming it stays cool because of the crawl space. Mm, I doubt that. I think it stays cool because of the rest of the insulation in your house. And you definitely, if you have an unfinished crawl space or an unfinished basement, it's a good idea to to insulate that floor. That's going to save you a lot of money in the winter. It's going to increase your comfort, Janet, as well. Is it something she's going to have to do from the basement to the underside of her floor itself, or is that something that can be sprayed in? Um, You know, it could be, but I would just use unfaced fiberglass bats, and they would be sort of supported in place with the wire springs that go like in between the floor Mm -hmm. joists, and they'll just sort of hang there, and they'll do a really good job. 
All right, Janet, make sure you speak with your landlord because this is probably something that they should be doing for you. If not, make sure you get the permission so you don't go ahead and step on anybody's toes. We've got a last one here from Sam in Pittsburgh who writes, We recently purchased and renovated a 10-room, 80-year-old house with garage, basement, and apartment. We had central air and heating installed, but our energy bills are sky high. How can we save money? I would have, if I had a house that big, Sam, I'd have it inspected by a professional home inspector, or better yet, an energy evaluator that can really look at every element of the house and give you a detailed report which identifies and prioritizes where you're losing most of the energy. Then you'll know what to do first, and it'll definitely end up with increased comfort and a reduced energy expense. Hope that helps, Sam. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The show continues online at moneypit.com. And while you're there, why not play the My Home, My Money Pit Home Improvement Adventure Game and Sweepstakes? You can answer a few home improvement questions. They're simple, true, false questions. If you get them right, you will be qualified to enter our sweepstakes and win $5,000 in cash to use for your home improvement projects and or I should say one of over 200 other prizes. All there online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 